to hear that. Do you hear that? It's the Memphis Grizzlies. They're coming. They're sneaking up on you. And guess what? It's not just them the way that they have been this entire season. It is them with reinforcements. The cavalry is finally coming. It may not be against the Oklahoma City on Thunder on Wednesday night, but it's coming. Zaire Williams, from doubtful to questionable, you know what comes next. We'll talk about that more and more next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Monax, joined by the incomparable, the incredible, the remarkably gifted, the suave, DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal. DeMichael, how are you doing, sir? Joe, I'm great. I I, I feel great. Uh, you, you know, those back-to-backs, they take a toll on the players. They take a toll on us, too. You know, they take a toll on us, too. Uh uh, us, you know, beat writers here and, and, and things like that. But you know what? Sure. You get that off day in between. Uh, you get to rest a little bit and, 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 and you know, get some of that downtime. It, it feels really good. So I'm, I'm feeling great. And we got another great game, you know, coming up to talk about. We sure do. And uh, some injury news, as I know you've alluded to in the past, and we'll talk more about here on this episode. But first, thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen each and every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Like, comment, review, give us feedback. All of it is much appreciated. Today's episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. To Michael, we have a game coming up, and obviously we'll preview that as we go throughout the show here. But I wanted to lead off with the injury report, which it seems like we do on a consistent basis here. We talk yeah, about the Grizzlies. Pretty big injury report usually, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's been discussed that this is like the number two team in the NBA yep. when it comes to injury minutes lost. Yep. And the fact that they're still near the top of the Western Conference, that makes that, uh, that makes that result all the more impressive. But the major news coming out of this injury report update, Zaire Williams. Questionable for Wednesday's game. Usually when the guys are questionable – they get a good chance to warm up, see how they feel, and not always, but usually they play. With Zaire, they've been very cautious. It's certainly possible that Zaire sits this one out. But the fact remains, we are closer to Zaire Williams playing in a regular season game for the Memphis Grizzlies than we have been at any point in this season. And he is a player who, especially on that reserve unit, has been viewed as a very important cog to the machine. It's going to be exciting to see him in the fold and just how well he's moving and and being able to come off of that knee injury uh, with a fresh perspective and give some juice to a Grizzlies reserve group that could certainly use it. Uh, it's no surprise, Joe. I, I've been high on Sire Williams. You know, I talked a lot about in the summer, this guy, you know, potentially being your in-house Dylan Brooks replacement one day. You know, not necessarily today, but one day. And, uh, you know, we just talked about just what he does offensively. 
you know, what he does defensively, his potential on both ends, the ceiling, uh, what he's great at, and how he already has tools where he can really focus on right now and, and be a really good NBA player right now. So uh, this is exciting. You know, I think first and foremost, he's a second-year guy, you know, 20 years old, and he's getting an abnormal start uh, to an NBA season. He got most of the preseason, uh, yes, but, you know, he got hurt. I think he missed the last three preseason games. And, you know, he's he's been down for, for a large part. So this ramp up, it is throwing off his normal – you know, off season, but he did get summer league. He was a focus in summer league. And I mean, Joe, it's so much I can say. Uh, we've talked about it, you know, what he does on both ends, right? Offensively, uh, you're going to get the added, you know, the ability as a floor spacer, as a spot up shooter, a guy who can knock down the shots, uh, a guy who runs the floor. You know, I said a lot of times as a rookie, he was from day one, one of the best wing, one of the best, you know, players in the NBA and running the wing, you know, like in transition. And that created a lot of alley-oop opportunities and easy fast break uh, points for him. He was already great at that. And then the, there's the, you know, the mid-range shot, which is something he has become a master of at this point in his career. I've written about it. He grew up shooting the mid-range all the time, training with his father, and they just they drilled that mid-range shot. That's why it's a big part of his game. You combine the mid-range shot with those alley-oops and those dunks. A lot of people don't remember this, Joe. This guy had the second-highest two-point field goal percentage on the entire team last season. Brandon Clark was number one, but he was above John Morant. He's above Xavier Tillman. He's above Steven Adams and so and everyone else. Second-highest two-point field goal percentage on the team last season was Zaire Williams. Then there's the defensive things that he brings to the table. You know, the length, uh, the agility. Again, this isn't the type of guy that you're going to say, hey, go guard Luka right now until he bulks up a little bit more, you know, for those type matchups. But guess what? Tyler Hero, you know, the Grizzlies did good work against him overall, but he had his moments in that game where he looked pretty good. And it's like Zaire Williams is the type of guy you want on those those slender. You know, we've seen when they play the Warriors a lot, he guards Steph Curry and those type matchups. He's more built for those, man. Uses agility and things like that to bother those guys. This is a big piece, and we talked about the bench. We talked about the bench a lot, Joe, and I'm sure you know, you'll know you mention some of that as well, how this guy is really a big piece to uh, some of the things that the Grizzlies are struggling in right now. He was, per cleaning the glass last season, 97th percentile at the rim, uh, 82% conversion rate at the basket. Uh, you mentioned the mid-range, 80th percentile, 45% on all two-point shots that are not at the rim. So anything beyond that immediate space. Mm -hmm. uh, he was 61% on mid-range shots outside of 14 feet that are inside the three-point arc. 61%. So the three-point shot was not a strength of his last year. That was talked about a good bit. But when he got to the rim and in that mid-range space, uh, as you wrote about and as we're talking about here, he, he was borderline elite at that. Now, the shooting frequency, you want to see that go up more. He didn't take enough of those shots, per se, because he was so good at them. He took a lot of threes, and that was the shot that he was worst at. So it was almost like a square play, a square peg in a round hole his rookie season, especially the first half of it where he struggled so mightily. Uh, but I, I think what I'm most excited to see him doing, aside from just seeing him healthy to Michael, is seeing him out there and being able to get to his spots as a key scorer for that reserve unit. Because, again, once this team is healthy and you've got Tyus Jones, John Conchar, Zaire Williams, Brandon Clark, 
if they stick with a nine-man rotation, those are probably the four. Yeah, he's going to have to be able to be that guy on that group, even regardless of which starter he's playing alongside with those other four dudes. They got to find ways to get Zaire's offense going because they're going to need his scoring capacity, assuming they stay with that nine man rotation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, if they go, you know, with that nine man rotation, you're right. He's going to be a guy who you want to be able to create and go back to the summer league. Right. Uh, they've been grooming him for this situation in particular. You know, he talked about it. Zaire Williams talked to him in summer league a lot about, look, all his life, all his life, he's been a guy who had the ball in his hands. Last season was the first time in his life as a basketball player where he's taken all these spot-up three-point shots, one dribble, you know, step into a shot and those type of shots. This is a guy who's played in the pick and roll, had the ball in his hands, you know, all of his NBA, well, I mean, basketball career, not NBA career, just basketball career growing up. So that was the adjustment for him, like it is a lot of players at the NBA level. But you know what the Grizzlies did in the summer league? They threw him in the fire. They threw him out there. They put him on the ball, and he had some really good games. He had a lot of mistakes. And listening to the Grizzlies coaches, you know, David McClure talked to me a lot about it. He said, we want him to make mistakes. When he makes mistakes, we know where we can teach him. We know what he needs to learn from. And there were a lot of mistakes. And it got to the point where he looked really comfortable, you know, early on in the preseason. So seeing him build on that and seeing that player, because guess what? That's the player we're going to see on the second unit right now. Uh, if you look at the Grizzlies second unit, Tyus Jones runs pick and roll. Who else runs pick and roll? There's there's no one. When you when you look at no. the, the first when you look at the first unit, just to give us some some perspective here, John Morant gets pick and roll opportunities. Desmond Bain gets a lot of pick and roll opportunities, and Dylan Brooks you know, can get pick and roll opportunities as well to create for teammates. Second units is Tyus Jones. You don't see John Conchar getting those opportunities. You're not going to see Jake Larega and David Roddy getting those opportunities right now. Zaire Williams is a player who will get those opportunities and who can exceed and basically just gives you another guy who can create, you know, on that second unit. Extremely valuable for a team that desperately needs that secondary creation off the dribble. Zaire being able to get to the rim, again, being a six foot eight perimeter player, not a combo forward. He's a two three. And I think that that's really exciting to add back to the mix. So expect some rust from a rookie, but I, or a guy coming off of his rookie season, I should say. But I do think that we'll see some improvement as time goes on. And, you know, maybe by Christmas, uh, we're seeing exactly what the Grizzlies saw in Zaire and what we saw flashes of uh, around this time last season when he came back from injury. Um, the first time uh, back in his rookie campaign. This episode of Locked on Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. In this game tonight, DeMichael, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that I might take John ja Morant to score more than 28 and a half points. I might take Steven Adams to grab more than nine and a half rebounds. Oh. I might have a player like Jaron Jackson Jr. have more than 3.5 block shots. You're going big. Something along those lines. That would be my selection if I were going over to Prize Picks NBA. I love how they run their show over at Prize Picks. It works like this you pick two to six players, and if they go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you will have an opportunity to win up to 25 times your money on any given entry. You're not competing against other people with Prize Picks, it is you against the projections available, and you can literally go from the NBA, NFL, all the way to Eurobasket and cricket, the World Cup still going on. If it's a sport, it, there's a decent chance the prize picks has an ability 
to allow for you to make some selections. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy with safe and fast withdrawals, and they are currently operational in over 30 states as well as in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. That's a heck of a deal. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Zaire Williams potentially returning in the next game or two is something that is very attractive to Michael. But even with that in mind, something that I've noticed, and we talked about it a little bit before the show, um, the Grizzlies culture has gotten a lot of publicity the last day or so. Uh, you know, obviously the heat culture gets talked about a lot sometimes in jest, but it's a very real thing, right? Eric Spolstra, they've established a mentality there through Pat Riley, who's still leading that organization off the court. You know, there is a heat culture, no matter how much people make fun of them for it. The Memphis Grizzlies, I think, are reaching that level of culture. Mm. You can make an argue that, argument that the Monday game was an example of that, but Throughout Grizzlies history, you know, going back to the hateful eight in 2016, and again, grit and grind was a culture in and of itself. Um, there are plenty of examples of Memphis Grizzlies teams or several examples beating teams that they're not supposed to beat because of injury or because of guys getting rest, whatever the case. So I think a better example that we've seen recently to Michael in terms of this Grizzlies culture on display is Xavier Tillman. And Xavier Dillman is, or Tillman is much maligned, especially on this podcast. I'm a little more aggressive than you. Um, but in, in terms of him not necessarily developing as a professional basketball player, obviously he's much better at basketball than I ever will be. But when you're in the NBA, you need to have more than one skill and you need to evolve as a player. Doesn't seem he's done that consistently. And that's one of the reasons he fell out of the rotation of late and went down to the G League. Now, friendly reminder to Michael, I know you know this, uh, but for our, our listeners, Xavier Tillman started a playoff game about six or seven months ago. To go from that to being asked to go down to the G League and participate in a game, to participate in practices even, you know, that could be a humbling experience. But Xavier Tillman, to his credit, said all the right things, performed the way that you would expect a professional to perform, didn't make waves. And then he came back for Memphis, and he's looked good in several outings since that return. Not like he's continuing that evolution that we hope to see, but he's still being a productive member of the team And again, that culture, that chemistry that everybody likes to point to and say, this is something to aspire to. It's nice to see tangible evidence of that. And I think, you know, we've been hard on X. I think this is an important moment for us to Michael to say kudos to you, sir, for being a personification of what Grizzlies culture is all about. Great points. Great points all around. And and Taylor Jenkins actually talked about this, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple of days ago, uh, you know, you, you think about X and, and and the guys he came in with and all the guys he's been playing with in his time in Memphis, and he started games, you know. He started, you know, I, I off the top of my head, I would assume he started either close to or more games than a guy like Brandon Clark. You, you know, think so. To, to this point in their careers. And he's been asked to not only was he, you know, sent down to the hustle and, and back and forth, but you remember he played in the summer league. It's the oldest guy. You know, of the of the, the other guys were like Zaire Williams, you know, second year Great guy, Aldama. Uh and and you know, 
there was there was a sense I remember him telling me that it was it was you know he wanted to go down there and work on his game, but uh you know just going out to Vegas you know playing in summer league and then going down to the hustle, you know NBA players are prideful. I don't care you know what they've done you know at this point of their NBA careers, but this is a guy who was a top recruit, who was an elite high school basketball player, who's been an elite basketball player for most of his life. And to step in the NBA and start games and feel good about yourself just to say, uh, okay, we know you started and you had to guard Carl Anthony Towns in the postseason and you were probably our best option at that. But now we want you to go to South Haven, you know, take the trip down I-55 and go play with the hustle. So uh, it speaks to his character. It speaks to the character of this Grizzlies team. It speaks to just, you know, what they personified. You know, I think uh, when he played in the game in South Haven, you know, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. was there. David Roddy was there. His family, you know, came down. Some of his you family. You see Grizzlies players there all the time. Yeah, yeah, and they were supporting, you know, um, their other guys as well, you know, Junior, Vince Williams, et cetera. But when Xavier Tillman went down there to play that, that one game he played down there, they were there. So it, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it's just a great example of what this Grizzlies culture and I think, you know, the Heat were a great example uh, that, that you mentioned because I feel like, you know, with the Heat, it's, it's, this is a, you know, a 20-year running thing pretty much uh, uh, with them. And you, you see, you know, like you see how the grittiness of this team is kind of carried over a little bit from the grit and grind culture. It's not an exact carryover. But Dylan Brooks is the one player who has the tie-in there, right? And Absolutely. The you ask anyone on this team, they say, man, Dylan Brooks is the heart and soul of this team. You know, we can talk about how the fans feel about him, but those dudes in that locker room, they'll go to a war for Dylan Brooks. So uh, the culture is 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 one that is unique. We talked a lot about how it's, it's, it's great to have in this time where, you know, all these other teams we've seen, you know, especially teams with stars on them, kind of have, you know, some situations that haven't been as pleasing. And then – if you look at it from an entirely different perspective, the, the the thing about all these Grizzlies players stepping into these lineups and succeeding is that can create egos. But we have not seen that, Joe. We have not seen that. When when a guy like Santi Aldama steps in the lineup and gets 18 points and 10 rebounds, it could go through his head like, man, I, I think I deserve a start, you know. But there 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 is there isn't that, and and I think. You know, uh, we've seen several guys, you know, step up. Tyus Jones will tell you, look, I feel like a starter. And he said, I view myself as a starter. But what he also said is, you know, there's no shame in the role that I have. And it, and that was big because, again, all these guys say the right things that show you examples of how they personify that culture. Even, you know, you go, to, go up to your star players, right? Desmond Bain, I think, is a perfect example. He's kind of growing into his own startup. But he still, you know, he still is very fine saying, hey, this is Jaws' team. You know, I, I, he, he still feels like he's comfortable in that sidekick role. And, you know, it's all, like you said, it's a, it's a big part of this culture. It's a unique culture. I've been in multiple uh, NBA locker rooms before, and I'm sure this is something that even the older uh, guys who cover the team say it's a pretty unique thing. Pretty fun to watch from afar, and it, and it's really cool. Like I said, X is a, the latest example, but you outlined some other good ones there. Very impressed 
with how they have built what they've built. So kudos to the Grizzlies organization, kudos to X, uh, continue the good work on that front because those are the things and those are the ways that this franchise is going to eventually win an NBA title. It's going to be because of what those players believe in. When you believe, it can take you to a level higher than you even expect to be able to get to. Thank you for making Lockdown Grizzlies your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Locked on Grizzlies is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends out there based off of BetOnline.net's information from football to basketball, soccer, esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Speaking of game starting, DeMichael, the Memphis Grizzlies welcome the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, another contest for Memphis against OKC. And another chance for us to see two of the very best point guards in the National Basketball Association get to take off and show down. Um, I'm curious as to your take on those two guys in particular how they are going to perform. Because, again, John Morant, he he really kind of shines in those chances, in those moments where he's being directly competed against by someone that others may compare him to, if that makes sense. He, he feels personally slighted, that chip on his shoulder that comes with that culture mentality that we've discussed throughout this episode. So I, I'm kind of curious as your take on how you see Jaw responding to a player of a similar ilk, at least to this point of the season, marching into FedEx form to try to uh, steal some of his uh, spotlight, so to speak. You know, uh, this is this is going to be fun. We've seen it. We've seen it earlier this season, and we saw Dylan Brooks give give Shay the business. Uh, I think Shay shot six of eighteen in that game. Uh, had one Expect of his more blows. of that SGA for the record. Expect had, more of that, I would imagine. I, I mean, he had one of his lowest scoring games of the season. But you know what? Didn't I say earlier NBA players are prideful? You think he doesn't remember that performance show? That guy's going to come in here, and there's no coasting. There's no, oh, I'm going to let the game come to me. You know those things the NBA players say? Ah, no. He's going to come in here. He's saying, what did, what did I shoot last time against the Grizzlies? Six of 18. Oh, I didn't score 20 points? Okay. All right, he's going to come out here and he's going to play hard. And the Grizzlies are going to have to match, you know, that intensity. This is a guy who has been one of the better guards, not just in the West. He's been one of the better guards in the NBA so far this season. One of, I think, eight guys right now averaging 30 or more points per game. Uh, he's shooting the ball efficiently at every single level. I was surprised to see, you know, he's shooting the ball around the rim well. Uh, you know, the mid-range game, he, I mean, he had toolage from guys like Chris Paul, and, you know, he played with Lou Williams, you know, in, in Los Angeles Clippers and things like that. So he's played with some great mid-range shooters and really learned from some of the best out there. And his game is just smooth. I love seeing, you know, uh, these matchups. Dylan Brooks, Canadian, uh, Shea, Canadian. Shout out to all the Canadians out there as well, because uh, that's always something fun to see, you know, these guys. And they go against players of the same nationalities, you know, how they uh, take up on that challenge. But he's a challenge. And. 
at the end of the day, you know, this is one of those games. You don't want to go to the fourth quarter and it's nip and tuck. Because if you go into the fourth quarter, my my own uh, mindset and just in the D-Mike ideology of basketball is if you go to the fourth quarter, Joe, and it's a tight game, if that other team has a guy who can average 27, 28 points per game, they got as good as a chance to win that game as you. And Oklahoma City has that type of guy. So it's it's going to be fun. Uh, you mentioned it with Ja. He gets up for these matchups. Ja gets up every night. But when he sees Shea across the court and, you know, some people are, are – I mean, if you if you talk about all NBA right now, and remember, Ja's playing mm-hmm. for money. Ja's playing for money this season. I mean, uh, he's not going to just straight up say that. But Ja Morant has a lot of money on the line if he makes all NBA. And if you look at it, you got Curdy, you got Luka, you got Devin Booker, you got De'Aaron Fox, you got Shea Gilgis. That's five other guards that I've named right there, and that's just the Western Conference. I ain't even I haven't even talked about you know the East yet, so it's going to be nipped and tucked. So anytime Josh sees one of those guys, he's going to have to bring it. Among players that have played at least ten games, and I'm going off of just one stat that's an imperfect number. Uh, John Hollinger's old player efficiency rating PER. Um, people say that it's a bad stat to use, but when you look at who's at the top of the list: Luka Doncic, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, Joel Embiid. Those are guys that you would consider some of the best in the NBA. Number six is Shea Gilgeous Alexander right now in the entire National Basketball Association. Number 13, or number 12, excuse me, if you make a cutoff of 10 games played, uh, number 12 is John Moran. So if you're going off of this one statistic, which again, you shouldn't, but just using it as a idea of how good SGA is playing for the Thunder, he's in between Joel Embiid and Steph Curry. So he is putting together wow. a statistical season that is highly impressive. His efficiency as a shooter, he is developing a killer instinct. You mentioned how you don't want the game to be close late. He's a bigger guard that can create for himself and get to his spot, and he is hitting his shot at a remarkably high rate. You want to put OKC down as quickly as possible. They are not tanking, I think that's fair to say, but they're also not going to weep if they don't win whereas the memphis grizzlies are a team that expects to win they're in different stages of their development the thunder might be where the grizzlies are in two or three years but they're not at that point just yet so i do think that you'll see john morant come out be uber aggressive i think that you'll see by the way quick side note if i include everybody regardless of how many games they played john morant is number 13 who would you guess is number 12 that also is on the memphis grizzlies right now then michael say Dez. It's not Dez. It is actually Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, well, yeah. So Jaron Jackson, and that, like, to your point, Desmond Bain was having a remarkable start to his season as well. Um, so everybody being excited about having everyone healthy, that's a major yeah. reason why. Mm-hmm. Point being, I, both Jaron and Jaw, as you pointed out on Twitter, they're not on the injury report. They're going to play in this game. The, the Grizzlies are better than the Thunder. The Thunder have a really good SGA the Grizzlies have two, you know, one superstar in John Morant, then one high-level star at this stage in Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, I think that we are looking at a pretty solid performance for the Memphis Grizzlies, but they got to handle their business like they did on Monday night. If they come out toying with their food, so to speak, and you give the Thunder hope, they're competitive. They are not just going to let, you know, you win. The, the Thunder players and coaches could give a damn less about ping-pong balls and 
and, and lottery <laughs> picks. They want to win. If you shut them down and you are up by 20 with six minutes left, they're not going to necessarily put up the fight once it gets to that point. You have to put them out of their misery early. And I think that has to be a focus of starting fast and making it clear it's not going to be one of those nights. It's not going to be one of those nights. And just just more because let's let's be clear here. This 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 Thunder team isn't some runover team, at least yet. Maybe by the end of the season they'll be, but but not yet. Uh this team has a better record than the Miami Heat. We saw how much respect we gave the Miami Heat going into that matchup. Uh the Thunder are eleven and twelve. Not only are they eleven and twelve, but they're fourteen and eight against the spread. Uh, 14 and 8 against the spread, basically saying people continue to underestimate this team and they outplay those expectations uh, a lot more times uh, than not. They're currently on a three game winning streak as well. Uh, again, and the stats on this team are very Memphis Grizzlies like, you know, just throughout, you know, uh, what we've seen over the course of this last two to three year run. They're number six in the NBA in scoring. Check this out, Joe. Uh, Fourth in the NBA in steals, sixth in blocks. So they're one of the top teams in the league in stocks. That uh, does tenth, sound familiar. Yeah, sounds very familiar. Tenth in rebounding. So at the end of the day, they're top ten in points scored. They're top ten in steals. They're top ten in blocks, and they're top ten in rebounding. The Grizzlies are top ten in blocks, rebounding, top tens in points scored as well. So uh, mono e mono. This is going to be a fun game. But again, I think the biggest thing is the Grizzlies. You, like you said, you can't play with your food. Can't play with your food. If you go in that fourth quarter and, and this team has hope, this Thunder team has hope, it could turn into a Shea versus Ja type of night. And look, hey, depending on depending on where the shots are falling that day, it could go either way. You're exactly right. You don't want to be in that spot. The Grizzlies are the better team. Take care of business. I think that's the most likely outcome. But again, anything can happen in the National Basketball Association. We saw that on the Grizzly side of things on yeah. Monday night. Thanks for making Lockdown Grizzlies your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, the next time we're together here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we'll recap the Thunder game. We'll look ahead a little bit. If Zaire Williams does play, you know, immediate reactions to that would certainly be nice to break down. You know, as the season grinds along here to Michael, there's not going to be any shortage of content for us here on Lockdown Grizzlies. That's the fun part about this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I hope, you know, that our listeners are, are going to grow to appreciate that because we have some really cool things, you know, in the works. I'm working on a couple of cool stories as well. I can't wait to, you know, unveil and, and tell you guys more about you know, as we get to get them done, you know, later this week and next week and so forth. But, but yeah, a lot of cool things in store, uh, Joe. And it's it's fun because this is the best part about it, especially considering with this one team. The Grizzlies are 15 and 9. We have not seen the projected starting lineup yet. We have not seen John Morant, Desmond Bain, uh, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Steven Adams, all five share the full at once that could be a nice christmas gift i think we'll get it before christmas but uh we'll 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 see you know what happens there and that's excited part about covering this team it's an exciting time to be a memphis grizzlies fan a memphis grizzlies follower they're one of the most fun teams in the national basketball association jump on the bandwagon if you haven't already done so thank you for rating reviewing subscribing 
all those fun things, wherever you get your podcasts, watching on YouTube is appreciated. Comment, like, all those things help us continue to build and get better here at Locked On Grizzlies and continue to make us part of your Grizzlies experience each and every day. For DeMichael, I'm Joe. Until next time, continue to lock in when it comes to Locked On Grizzlies. Thanks for listening.